0: morning is, is a, a message called simply the Christmas message. It's always difficult to come up with something that's new and, and, and innovative at this time of year, but we want to look at, at four things um, that I see within the Christmas message. We're all familiar with the story, aren't we, or at least a version of it. But, you know, it's estimated that about half the people in the world have never, ever heard the Christmas message. I mean, that sounds... Uh, almost unbelievable today with the sort of communication uh, abilities that we have as human beings that half the world's population have yet to hear uh, even the basics of the birth of Jesus and it is about the birth of Jesus that's really what Christmas is all about Uh, even if you just take the word uh, Christmas the Christ Mass. Mass means a religious celebration or festivity, and Christ is the anointed one. All throughout the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible that we use here in Charlotte Chapel, uh, it's got lots and lots of references to the coming of one that will be called the anointed one, or the Christ, the Messiah. And in the New Testament, it, well, it's just full of stuff that tells us that Jesus is the one who was identified as that anointed one. So the first part of the Bible promises that someone's going to come, and the new part uh, of the Bible, the New Testament, tells us that that person has already come. Uh, Seven hundred years before Jesus was born, uh, it was prophesied, these words, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And now you would think if someone was to be given a title like that when they were born, that the time at which they're actually going to be born is going to be one of great celebration, great public acclaim. It's going to be pomp and pageantry and, and a time just of great festivity. But you know, rather than being born to a royal or even to a rich family who lived in a huge palace or house, Jesus, the Son of God, chose to be born to an unmarried young woman who was engaged to be married to a humble carpenter who was a manual worker, a tradesman, if you like. And rather than choosing the capital city of the country into which he was born, which would have been Jerusalem, he chose a little town called Bethlehem, whose name means simply the house of bread. There is nothing grand or seemingly important about the people or the places connected to Jesus' birth. So I think the first thing that we can reflect on this Christmas is that this is a simple message. It's a simple message. When you think about the surroundings of the people involved during the first week or so of Jesus' life, then you'll see what I mean by it being simple. Just think about the physical surroundings. He's born in Bethlehem, fairly ordinary, provincial little town. Uh, He was born into a stable or a cattle shed. Some people think that it may even have been just a cave at the back of the house. There was no room for him in the inn. He was laid in a manger. And uh, that's sort of got glamorous connotations to the way that we present it today. That's an animal feeding trough. That's what it means. It's just the place where the animals would have eaten their food from. That's what Jesus was laid in when he was born. And he didn't even have proper clothes, it would appear. He's wrapped in strips of cloth. And that's fairly basic covering by anybody's standards. Think about the people. Mary, uh, probably in her early or mid-teens, maybe no more than that, just a lowly maiden, unmarried, Joseph, the tradesman, some unnamed shepherds, a couple of humble temple goers, Simeon and Anna. Um, this, is, this is not a big occasion. So why would God choose to reveal The greatest news that's ever been told to mankind uh, into such simple surroundings to such simple people well I think it's simply because he wants us to know as simple ordinary people that the message is for us too and not only is the message for us it's a message that that as simple ordinary people and and not many of us some of you may be high-born Uh, quite important people in society, but the rest of us, not so much. It's so that simple people like you and I, ordinary people, can take this extraordinary message, know it for ourselves, and to be able to share it with other people. And as I thought about that, you know, it just occurred to me that you don't need a posh house in order to be welcoming and neighborly. You don't actually need a spare room to have guests stay. You don't need to be wealthy to be generous. Some of us have been privileged to travel to some of the countries in the world where they're incredibly impoverished by our standards, and yet we've met some of the most generous people by going to visit in these places. And you don't need to be well-educated to know how to share the truth about Jesus. So it's a simple message. In fact, some of these things the posh houses, the wealth, the good education, that can actually be a hindrance rather than a help in sharing Jesus' story with others. So it's a simple message, but it's also a glorious message. You see, the announcement of the, the birth of the baby is not usually accompanied by a host of heralding angels. Well, not visible or audible to humans anyhow. But as this great event, Jesus' birth, unfolds on earth, heaven engages in an outpouring of jubilant celebration and excitement. And the birth of Jesus is good news for mankind, but it is also something that glorifies the the longing in God's heart to provide a means whereby His people can be saved from their sins. What is it that's glorifying about Christmas? I think the thing that glorifies God most about Christmas is that Jesus saves people from their sins. The Bible says that there is rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. At one stage in his earthly ministry, Jesus gets a group of people and he says, look, you've, you've heard what I've been able to do, you've seen what I've done, here's the message, go into the towns and villages and preach that message to other people. And he sends them out, and they do exactly what he says. Then they come back, and they say, Lord, it was quite exciting. As we spoke the message, people responded to it. As we laid hands on sick people, they got well. We even raised the dead. We cast out demons. At that point in Jesus' life, later on in his life, it's the only time when the Bible records, and at that time, Jesus was full of joy in the Holy Spirit. So isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible that as people speak this good news and talk about the message of Jesus, that that brings joy to the heart of God. So it's a glorious message. It's also a gospel message. Now, the gospel simply means good news. And the birth of Jesus is good news because the name Jesus means Savior. Christmas is all about Jesus. I want you to take a look at this Christmas card on the screen that I received a couple of days ago. It says, Jesus is the reason for the season. And you'll notice that the, the, the J in Jesus is actually a candy cane. And I've got some candy canes with me today, and all the boys and girls, if their mom and dads allow them to, and they're not allergic to anything in them, they can have a candy cane. Uh, health and safety these days is a big issue. Um, if you hold it this way, look, and i need to hold it the wrong way around for me, but if you hold it that way, as you see in the card, it looks like a J which reminds us that this little Christmas decoration can remind us that this is about Jesus' birthday. Uh, I was on Facebook this morning, and about half of my friends are all very excited about some big red jolly guy bringing presents and stuff, Um, but most of the rest of them are actually saying things like, you know, it's Jesus' birthday, Uh, trust that you know something of God's peace and presence with you, have a great Christmas, Uh, and that really excited me because this is about Jesus. And if you turn the cane the other way around, it looks like a shepherd's crook or a shepherd's staff, which reminds us that not only is it Jesus' birthday, but that Jesus is the chief shepherd. He's the great shepherd who will lay down his life for the flock. The candy cane is mostly white, and white is a symbol of purity. And it talks about God being holy, and he wants his people to be holy. But there's also several red stripes on it. And the Bible says that One of the things that Jesus came to do was to be punished on behalf of others. The Bible actually prophesies that he will be whipped and that the stripes on his back will be the means whereby that that red bloody stripes will be the means whereby people will know their healing that amazing promise that something as simple as a little Christmas decoration as it's become wasn't originally intended as a Christmas decoration but that's what we use it for now that even something like that today could remind us of this gospel message but finally I want to suggest that not only is it a simple message a glorifying message and it's this gospel good news message I want to suggest to you that it's a disturbing message when Judith read to us from Matthew's gospel um, We heard that when the Magi from the East, and and they didn't come, um, probably didn't come during the first few weeks, even months of Jesus' life, but when they eventually came to Jerusalem and said, look, we've been shown this sign, Uh, we believe God's done something amazing that He sent someone to be called the King of the Jews, that the the king who was in in Jerusalem at the time ruling, a guy called Herod, a, a very evil despotic king. Uh, he was troubled, and it says, and all Jerusalem were troubled with him. And I've I've had to think really hard about why there would be troubled. Well, I, I know why Herod would be troubled, because Herod really is… he wants to be the top man. Uh, he's the guy who rules under the Romans uh, the whole of, of the people of Israel. And so it's going to be a threat to his power. And he was a particularly nasty man. He got rid of members of his family he didn't like if they thought they were taking over power. Uh, He would just kill all his enemies. And the idea that a a new king was on the block didn't impress him at all. So he's troubled. But, you know, why would all of Jerusalem be troubled with him? Because for centuries they've been waiting for this king to come. And you would think that would be really good news. Wow, he's here. We're going to get rid of Herod. We're going to get rid of the Romans. We're going to get rid of all the oppression. He's here. You'd think they would be excited about that, wouldn't you? Well, they weren't. They were troubled by it. And some of you might come up with better reasons why they were troubled. But I think it's simply this, that, that any trouble for Herod, who is that kind of wicked, opp- oppressive ruler, means trouble for them. Because he would just take it out on them. And that indicates something about why the Christmas message may trouble some of us. Because Herod was about ruling his own heart and ruling the hearts of others. And yet God sent Jesus to rule over our hearts and to reign in our hearts. And there is something in human pride and our fierce independence that says, no, I'll do it my way. I won't have Jesus at any age or stage rule over me and so the Christmas message that God has sent his son to save you to save me from my sin can actually trouble us There is always a reaction whenever the message of Christmas is told you can either embrace it take it to yourself have it affect you do something with your life um, or you can be like Herod you can be full of hatred and hostility towards the idea that you need a saviour. At this point in time, the chief priests, who were hypocrites, uh, well, they're just belligerent. They they shrug their shoulders. yeah, no, so there's a king. Jesus. No, no, it's not the Messiah because that's not going to happen this way. So they just didn't care and they just dismissed it as as a nonsense. And then the magi came and they bowed down and worshipped. And I think that's that that's the only three responses that. When I tell you that Jesus has been born to save you from your sin, uh, you'll either have a disturbed reaction to it, you'll either just dismiss it as meaning nothing, get on with you the rest of your life, you've got to, you know, please shut up and go home, or you'll come and worship the King who is born to be the Savior of the world. If you want to know more about that amazing message. We have a course starting here in Charlotte Chapel in January called Glad You Asked. Um, we're not afraid of questions in this place. We don't ask you to park your brain at the door as you come in, no matter how clever or stupid you may be. Uh, you can come and ask you questions. We want to engage with them and and from God's Word try to explain some of the questions that the world is asking today. We also run a course called Christianity Explored, and um, one of these is starting up citywide in March. If you want to know more about that, help yourself to a leaflet. And actually, there's a little booklet on the racks in the stairwells as you go out. It's simply called Journey Into Life. It uh, will lead you through something of the Christmas message and on into the life of Jesus and beyond uh, about what Christianity is really all about. So I trust that you and yours have a very joyous, peaceful and God-honoring Christmas. Happy Christmas, everyone.